Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out our other Time of Grace podcasts, like Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. Uh, Bruce has an amazing way of going deep on some of the coolest things in the Bible, teaching us things that maybe we never learned before, despite years and years of Bible reading. If you're interested, just search for Bible Threads wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now on to today's episode. So every once in a while, someone will come to me and ask me what my favorite Bible passage is. And one of the verses in the Bible that I usually go back to is Romans 8, verse 28. And what that verse says has the power to change the way you see your life. So Romans 8, 28 simply says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And the thing that strikes me about this passage is that it doesn't talk about wishing for good things to happen or hoping or even having faith that good things will happen. That verse basically guarantees good for your life. And I don't really know you. I don't know your circumstances or what you're going through in your life today. And yet I can tell you that in all things, God works together for your good. Now, does that make you a little skeptical? I know for me, there can be days where it's really hard to believe what Romans 8, 28 says. In some times of life, you might be in a real financial hardship. Debt keeps going up, credit card spending, maybe medical bills have contributed to it. Maybe you're in a tight spot and it's no fault of your own. And the financial hardships you have are a lot more than most people are even aware of. And yet, God says in all things, he works together for your good. But where's the good in that? I know sometimes in your life also, you go through some really hard relational times. Maybe even right now, you're feeling hurt from a relationship that's broken. Maybe somebody abused your trust and you're not sure if you can trust them anymore. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one. And maybe they were even lost years ago and nobody knows the kind of grief or emptiness that you still feel. Where's the good in that? And, and maybe you even go through times in life where you're feeling like you're in a bad place health-wise, where you're not sure how things are going to go and the treatments you go through or the medicine that you, that you use. It's taking a big toll on everything about you. Where's the good in that? If you've ever wondered where the good is in your life, I'm so glad that you're connecting with this video because in this series, I'm gonna show you from other scriptures the good that God can bring from bad. And we're gonna get into some specific situations in the series, but for this video, one thing I wanted to focus on is the person who wrote Romans 8, verse 28. His name was the Apostle Paul, and in the first century, he was writing these words to encourage some Christians. And the Apostle Paul is someone whose life you might relate with. He went through a lot of bad things. He was persecuted for his faith. He was made fun of. He was beaten and literally left for dead. And yet, as he writes these words in Romans 8, he believes them when he says, in all things, God works for our good. And I hope by the end of this series, that's something you can believe too. Because the reason Paul knew all things work out for good is because Paul knew Jesus. And Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was beaten. Jesus wasn't just left for dead, but he was executed. But because Jesus rose from the dead, 
that guarantees that there is good in store for me and for you. So make sure you tune in for this next video. We're gonna start getting really specific about how God in different ways can bring good even when bad things happen. But as we get started, I wanna say a prayer for those who might be really struggling to find the good in this season of life. So I pray, dear Father, as, as we begin this series talking about the good that you can bring even when there's bad, would you use your word to give us wisdom and insight into how you work your kingdom in our lives? And more than anything, through these videos and our conversations, would you lead us to Jesus, who points us to everything good that you have in store for us? Bless us as we go into this, into this series, and may it be a blessing for those who are part of it. Amen. All right, I'm gonna list a few things that might have happened to you this week, and let's see if you can figure out what they all have in common. Um, thing number one, your Wi-Fi started to get glitchy. Thing number two, you ran out of room to put things in your freezer. Thing number three, your TV remote randomly went missing and you don't know where it is. And thing four, supper was too hot. So what all of those things have in common is that number one, they were all things that I heard from my house this week. And thing two is those are what we might call first world problems. A first world problem is basically when you take a blessing and you find some way that this blessing has inconvenienced your life. Some of our first world problems are things that people in other parts of the world would love to have as a problem. Some people would love to have Wi-Fi, even if it's glitchy. Some people would love to have a full freezer. Some people would love to have a meal that's so hot that they have to wait a little bit to eat it. What I want to show you today is that thanks to Jesus, the only kind of problem that we have to worry about is a first world problem. And I'm going to explain more as we get back into Romans chapter 8. So if you were here for part one of the series, we saw how Romans 8 gives this incredible promise that in all things, God works for your good. And what I wanna to do today is share with you the next verse that comes right after it, because it tells us the kind of good that God guarantees. So this is Romans chapter eight, starting at verse 28. So we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, as those verses refer to, the one problem that we all have in this world is that we all face death eventually. Now, there are things we can do to delay death and things we can do to improve the quality of life, but given enough time, death has a 100% guarantee. That is until Jesus came. You see, death is just a symptom of sin. And just as death separates you and me from our loved ones when they pass away, so also sin separates us from God. But what Romans 8 shows us is that good will come to you because Jesus has done away with this eternal problem, this, this other world problem, or if you want to think of it this way, it's like there's this second world, this eternity that's awaiting for us. 
And because of Jesus, the punishment for our sin was taken care of, and he defeated death for me and for you. Jesus truly has solved our second world problem, that eternal problem. And the cool thing is that he still cares about our lives today. So as you think about this, you, maybe you're looking for the good in your life right now. Would you keep in mind that Jesus didn't just come to take care of our first world problems, but his priority was actually what is to come. But the really amazing thing is that God loves you so much that he didn't just take care of your eternal life, but there's actually ways that he's working right now to make things work out for your good. And in the next video, we're gonna look at something specific where God actually addresses this world problems, our first world problems. But for today, keep in mind that the biggest need that you and I have has been fulfilled by Jesus. When I was a kid, I went through this phase where I was really curious how different things worked. And one day, the object of my curiosity happened to be the microwave in our kitchen. One thing I noticed is that the microwave would only work when the door was closed. And so I was trying to figure out a way how to make it work with the door open. I noticed there was a little mechanism and a latch inside the microwave that would catch every time the door was closed. And so I decided to take a metal butter knife and try to fix it so that the microwave would turn on while the door was open. Now, thankfully, before I actually put the butter knife into the microwave, someone in my family saw me, they yelled at me, and they told me to stop. And my little experiment was thankfully done before it started. Now, when they yelled at me, it didn't feel good. It startled me. And I'm wondering if maybe you've gone through some similar things in your life. You were experimenting with something that you weren't quite sure how it worked, or you were doing something new with your life that you had never done before, but someone intervened. Maybe they yelled at you, or maybe they just cautioned you and they told you to stop, and you're so glad that they did. Well, today we're continuing this series as we look at good things that can come out of bad things in life. And what I want you to know is that God loves you so much that he will allow things to come into your life that discipline you and things will happen that you can learn from. I wanna share with you some words from the book of Hebrews where it talks about this discipline that God can provide. This is from Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So yeah, God disciplines us as any loving father or any loving parent would do. And it's important to understand the difference between discipline and punishment, and it's real simple. Discipline is where we are being shaped to be better. And punishment is a form of justice to make things right. And what I can tell you is that when you look at the hardships that are in your life, either in the past or in the present, that's, that's not God punishing you. And the reason I can say that is because all of our sin was punished on Jesus when he died on the cross. And there is no punishment left for our sins. Jesus was the willing person who was punished in our place. So that means that when God allows bad things to enter into your life, 
It might be one way that God is disciplining you. He's getting your attention. He's drawing your attention to himself. And that's the cool thing that we see. Um, when it comes to the bad things that might come up in our lives, God can work those out for our good. And sometimes the good is that God is getting our attention. He's disciplining us according to his will. So would you keep an eye on that in your own life? I know when it comes to discipline, we might think, oh, I hope God isn't disciplining me here because we, we think discipline is a bad thing, but I'm gonna challenge that. Today, would you actually hope for God's discipline? Hope that God would intervene in your life to shape you into the person he wants you to be. Now, when the electricity goes out at my house, I do something a little weird, and I'm wondering if you might do it too. Even though I know there's no electricity and no lights, whenever I walk into a room, what do I instinctively do? But I reach for the light switch, and I turn it on, and for a brief moment, I'm confused why there's no light coming into the room until I remember, oh yeah, there's no electricity. And I think that's a good way to think about the way we normally live life. We're going to walk into places where we need to figure things out. And we, we each have our default ways of handling the environment around of us. And I, I wonder what your default switch is that you normally turn to. When it comes to the challenges or trying to navigate life, sometimes we turn to anxiety as the answer. We think that if we think about it enough and worry about it enough that that will somehow help us overcome whatever's before us. Others of us naturally react to, to our environment by turning to distractions. Uh, maybe it's screen time, maybe it's food, maybe it's substances. But whenever you're faced with something that you're trying to navigate, you just go straight for a distraction. Others of us, when, whenever we're trying to face something in life, maybe we turn to a person. And this person normally helps you navigate things. But what I know is that there's going to be a time in your life where the thing that you turn to doesn't work. It'll be like walking into a room and turning this light switch only to remember that the power is off. And that gets us into the big thing that God can do when bad things happen. And this shows us something good that can happen when maybe the thing you've been leaning on is taken away. So take some wisdom and some encouragement from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And it's a simple verse where it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him, trust in him. And to trust in, in God with all your heart means that he is the default thing that you reach for when you're trying to navigate your life. What I know is that the distractions that you turn to, they won't fix the problem. Neither will anxiety. And while your friends might do a good job most of the time, they're not designed to help you navigate life. When you turn to God and lean on him, the promise is that he will give you what you need for today. So maybe as you pay attention to your life this next day, you're going to notice what some of your defaults are. Maybe something bad is gonna come into your life and it's gonna force your hand to reach for the switch and you'll reach for anxiety or you'll reach for distraction, or you'll reach for your phone to, to call or text a friend. Maybe that'll be a reminder for you that God gives you this amazing invitation, that when you encounter things that aren't good, those are an invitation to reach out to the God who is 
And he promises that as he walks with you through your life, he is there to guide you and protect you. So in this series, we've been looking at how God can bring good even out of things that are bad. And as we wrap up the series in this video, I'm going to challenge you to think about things a little bit differently. You see, normally when bad things happen in my life, and maybe for you too, the question I naturally go back to is one that's kind of self-focused. If God promises that all things will work out for my good, where's the good in this for me? And I wanna pinpoint that question today. Whenever you experience bad things in your life, maybe you tend to ask that same question. If God promises all things will work out for good, where's the good in this for me? And the challenge is this, maybe this isn't about you at all. Here's some challenging words that I found from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So sometimes the, the bad things that might come into your life are just an opportunity for you and for me to receive comfort from God. And, and what is comfort? Comfort is simply receiving the blessing of God's faithfulness to his promises. Let me give you some examples. It's one thing to believe that God has a plan for you. It's another thing to experience his plan when your plans fail. It's one thing to believe that God will provide for you. It's another thing to receive the experience of his providence when you're not sure how you can provide for yourself. And also, it's one thing to believe that Jesus is the resurrection, but it's another thing to receive resurrection comfort at the funeral of your loved one. You see, the way that God comforts us is through the hardships of life. And those hardships give us an opportunity to hold on to his promises. So when it comes to your life, maybe you've received this from other people, that you were going through a hardship, but they were able to walk alongside you because they had gone through something similar. So I know that when it comes to the bad things that we might experience in our lives, we might just automatically ask the question, where's the good in this for me? But what we know is that this might be an opportunity for God to comfort you so that you in turn can comfort someone else. After all, isn't that what God called us into? When it came to the, the bad things that Jesus experienced when, when he was being arrested, and betrayed, and eventually sentenced to death, he never asked, where's the good in this for me? He went through all of that because it was good for you and for me. And maybe God is calling you to the same. There are so many amazing ways that God can bring good into your life, even through the bad things that you experience. But maybe today he's going to call on you to go through something difficult that isn't for you and it's not about you, but it will allow you to comfort someone else. So I hope this series has been a help for you as you think about the many ways that God might be working good, even when there's bad. And as we close, I want to say a prayer for all of you who are tuned in. Dear Father, thank you so much for the amazing ways that you can work in ways that we can't even see. 
Your kingdom extends to all of us in different ways. And sometimes those ways can seem hard and difficult and even bad. But in this series, we've seen some amazing ways where you can work good, even through bad. And we hold you to keep your promises of who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.